In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present among us in the most blessed sacrament. This evening, um, this weekend, we will be celebrating the second Sunday of Advent. I think it's important on these Friday night meditations, Lord, as we're in your presence, we get a chance to just be with you as we transition from it was maybe a busy week in, in different ways to, to this time of weekend of a little bit more rest, recreation for many of us, um, a bit of a chance to, to change gears, but also to, to begin preparing for um, the high point of the weekend, which is the Sunday liturgy. And so often in these Friday night meditations, we reflect upon the upcoming gospel for the Sunday, Sunday gospel. And this is more than just, um, you know, convenience. It is more than just Father Casey kind of getting a head start on homily preparation. Um, it's rather what it is, Lord, is it's a chance as we begin the weekend to begin already looking forward to the Sunday Mass. And to, you know, we should, we should be looking forward to the Mass. Uh, if we go to Mass every day, we should, we should be looking forward to tomorrow's Mass, right? If you're going to go to daily Mass tomorrow... You should already now be looking forward to tomorrow's Mass. That, that's one of the best ways to keep presence of God throughout the day, is like, I, I'm expecting the Mass. I, I, I'm looking forward to going to Mass, right? I know, I know when the next time I'm, I'm going to go to Mass is, and uh, I'm going to be present in the Holy Mass. I'm going to receive you, hopefully Jesus, in the Most Blessed Sacrament. Uh, and I, I look forward to that, right? It's we don't just kind of stumble into the Mass. We don't just um, kind of fit it in wherever, but it's something we, we actively look forward to. Um, and that that's the way it should be. Uh, we get all, if the Mass is just something that we, we manage to, um, yeah, it, it just kind of happens wherever, however, uh, it, it really disorients us. I, I'm a bit disoriented today or was a little bit disoriented today. Um, I got my COVID booster shot yesterday and um, have, have felt pretty terrible most of the day. But as one of the things that, that happened as a result of that is that I, I didn't get up this morning to celebrate Mass. I, um, I was, you know, uh, fevery and not so good and just kind of uh, being a bit of a man baby. But, they, um, but um, you know, it's, there's something about like normally I celebrate Mass at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's just a standard part of the day. It's it's there. It's the it's the best way to start the day, and so today for me it was this odd sensation of of not. Well, when am I going to? Mm, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to celebrate mass. Maybe because then you got to work out the communion fast and how you're having your cups of coffee or you know lunch or whatever you do. It just gets to be a mess, and that can happen so often for us that that the mass is not a fixed point. We're not looking for. We haven't planned for it, and so we just you know. Thank goodness we go to Mass on Sunday. That's the obligation. But we should plan for it. 
We should be prepared. And Lord, these Friday nights with you are a chance to do that. Exactly that. That we're not just going to stumble into Sunday Mass, but already, even if the whole week was a bit distracting, already um, we're preparing for, for the Sunday Mass. Um, we're looking forward to that, that, that time of, of worship, adoration, of thanksgiving, of um, you know, petition. We're looking forward to, to being gathered with the community, with our brothers and sisters, and that this is the high point of the entire week. And so we look forward to it. Um, and so that's, you know, reflecting a little bit in the, on the gospel for this upcoming Sunday is meant to help get us into that right mindset that this is, this is it. Like uh, this weekend, this weekend should be known for us as Catholics as this is the second Sunday of Advent, right? That's what this weekend's title is. Last weekend was Thanksgiving week. You know, everyone's always Thanksgiving weekend. Days that have names, right? It's Thanksgiving, it's Black Friday, it's whatever, you know, all these things. Well, our liturgical days have names. And so, like, Sunday is not just um, the first Sunday of December. It's not just, you know, whatever week it is of, of the NFL. It's not just, it, no, it's the second Sunday of Advent. The church sanctifies time. And that's actually what we get a little bit in our, in our reading today coming from the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. So, the first thing is, you know, this is a very specific setting. Uh, Luke is, is setting the gospel in a very specific time and place, right? It's the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Um, Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea, Herod, the Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, the Tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis. Um, it's a very, very specific time. It's, it's around the year, um, you know, 29 or 30 AD, which is exactly we know when our Lord began his public ministry. And so it's, it's setting a very unique time and place. Um, and, you know, this for us should be a, a good reminder that, you know, the word of God always approaches us. It's always, we're, we're always called to spread the gospel in our particular time and place. I remember I, I loved when it came out a number of years ago. I think it was my first year as a priest. So, you know, that, that summer is kind of a magical summer. And it's, a night, it's the honeymoon period, right? And I was in a wonderful assignment in Branford. And the, the movie Midnight in Paris came out. Um, and, and in that movie, it's all about, you know, this, this writer who is in Paris. And he's just so obsessed with the, um, you know, the, the old school Paris with... Uh, Ernest Hemingway and Gertie Stein and uh, Picasso and all these other people that would have been in Paris um, in, I don't know, whatever time they ordered, the 20s. Um, and uh, I think F. Scott Fitzgerald is there too. And he's just so obsessed with like, oh, if we could just go back, if we could just go back to then, right? It would be, it was so much cooler, right? Hanging out with Ernest Hemingway and, and Picasso um, and all those others. But, um, you know, it was, it was a focus on some other time. If only I could live in a different time. Well, 
life would be awesome. It'd be, so, it'd be so much better if I could just live in a different time. But the word of God comes to us each in our own way. We, we live in this specific time, right? We, we live in the 21st century. Um, and we're called to be saints here now in this time. And to have a mindset that, well, if I, if I only lived in like the 1950s, before the culture just went crazy, things would be, I mean, look, the 1950s, the world had been in living memory through two world wars and almost exterminated itself, right? Um, twice, twice over. Um, we, we, oh, but that was so much better. It was a, that was a golden era, right? Um, no, there's no golden era. Uh, rather, it's just here, now. Not kind of wishing to be somewhere else. We are called to spread the gospel. We're, we're called to live lives as saints here in December of 2021, right? Coming up, not even in 2022 yet. That'll, that'll be here in 30 days or, you know, 28 days or so. But there's still 28 more day, good days of, of 2021. Called right now to spread the gospel. Um, right here and now. We can't get too abstract about these things. And, and Lord, as we come into your presence, we should really have that resolution that we're not going to get too, too abstract. Oh, but only if this situation and that situation was different. If only, you know, we could just change this or change that, you know, things. Oh, man, my ministry would be so much better if I didn't have to deal with COVID precautions and COVID vaccines and COVID whatever, you know. No, this is it. This is the stuff that makes us saints, right? John could say, oh, if only, if only there were just leaders, it'd be much easier to be a prophet. But I mean, this is not a, a good crew you got. Caesar Tiberius, Pontius Pilate, Herod and his brother Philip, they're a pretty, they're a pretty rough crowd. Um, and then that there's two high priests, which there shouldn't have been two high priests. There's only one high priest. who's supposed to be high priest for life. But that even the high priesthood had become kind of a, um, a, a puppet of the Roman Empire. And so that was that even in that case, you know, you got um, Annas and Caiaphas. And it's just the, this is a mess. Our religious leaders are a mess. Um, those civic leaders are a mess. And it's in this that John appears on the scene. And so we too, you know, don't, don't blame the situation. And we definitely should never give ourselves a pass or just, you know, write off um, our time period because it's got too many issues. No, it's exactly in this, that the word of God comes to us. Um, and that, that phrase is actually, it's really cool, right? Um, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah. Um, in the wilderness or in the desert. Well, let's start with that phrase, the word of God came to John. It, um, it's actually cool the way that it is, it's written in the Greek is Egenito Rematheu Epi Ioannin Ton Zechariu Huyo Huyon. Right, so it's um, the word of God... Um, the word of God came upon John, right? Again, it became, right? The word of God became on John, right? It, it came, it's not just like it showed up. Like, no, the word, the word of God, um, he encountered the word of God in this way. And again, when we think the word of God, this is not um, like at the beginning of John's gospel, hologos, right? But this is, um, this is kind of the rhema, like this is John's a prophet. And so here's a word 
that John is given to preach. Um, he's given words to speak. And so the word of God, it, it came upon John, the son of Zechariah. Uh, and so we too, you know, in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in the very specific settings, well, the word of God still approaches us, right? God, God's word is, is living and effective. It's, it, if we think of the, um, I mean, it's, if we just think like, okay, well, the Bible is, is there, it's kind of a stagnant book. I could pull it off the bookshelf and go looking for it. Like God's word is already looking for us. Um, you know, the word of God is, is reaching out to us and we too. Uh, so it's this, in, this encounter of the two great loves, right? God is, God is reaching out to us with his word. He's speaking his words to us. Um, you know, if we consider the way when someone speaks to us, that their, their words, they're, they're reaching out to us, um, whether we like it or not. I remember my uncle, um, my uncle was mostly deaf um, and toward the end of his life, my uncle Art, um, and, he, uh, and he used to love going to mass, and right when it's time for the homily to start, he would just turn off his hearing aid so that he, didn't, he wasn't bothered, right? Couldn't hear anything. He was like, all right. I'm just going to check out, turn off my hearing aid. I can't hear anything. I'm just in kind of peaceful silence. And he hated when I said mass because he could turn off his hearing aid all he want. He still heard me. <laughs> um, you couldn't, you couldn't, you can't escape the booming voice of Father Casey. Um, but that there's something about voices that reach out to us, that they, they get our attention. Um, it's one of, the, one of the teleologies of shouting, right? I, I talk about this in marriage preparation. That the te- why do we shout sometimes? Right? So we shout, we change the volume and the tone of our voice to get someone's attention. Right? Stop! It's, it's, you've got to get their attention. Um, and that that happens when we, um, well, the word of God reaches out to us. It's not just this neutral action. Rather, it's, it's God's word is effective. It, it comes upon us. And so where we want this encounter with the word of God. In fact, in our times of prayer, we should, we should always have scripture. Uh, I was reading an article this week about um, the path to contemplation begins with a with a loving, it's an effective reading of Scripture, right? We 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 read the Word of God or some spiritual book, but more perfectly, like Scripture, and we we really meditate upon it. We enter into the scene. Um, we should never ever um, just kind of go on our own direction in our times. It's good, Lord, we talk to you about everything. We could talk to you about anything that's on our heart. Um, But you speak to us through your word, and your word reaches out to us. Uh, And so we should always have this beautiful relationship with your word in our times of prayer. And then there's the detail that um, where, where did the word of God come to John? In the wilderness, right? Or I believe in the the translation we'll read in... um, on the weekend in, in the desert, right? In the desert. Um, in Greek, it is in the, um, in the eremo, right? In the, yeah, uh, ento eremo, right? It's actually the same word where we get hermitage, right? It's a deserted place. So we think desert and we think it has to have sand and, you know, mirages and whatever else is in it. I don't think I've ever been in a desert in my life. Um, but that they... Um, but then, no, it, cacti. Um, but no, it's, it's a deserted place, the, the wilderness, a, a place 
John is in a, in a kind of deserted place. Very possible he was in um, uh, Qumran with the Essene community. That's a nice little biblical theory uh, that's beyond the scope of our time of prayer. Um, but wherever it is, John's kind of in this deserted place. The word of God comes to us uh, and reaches out to us. Um, but one of the things that we should do in preparing to, to encounter God's word is cultivate a, a desert place in our life, right? Um, the desert, the, the place of, of wilderness, of, of quiet, getting rid of distractions. Uh, and that could be, you know, coming to the church and, and praying, Lord, in your presence here, right? Not, um, we could pray anywhere. We could talk to you anywhere. But we should cultivate in our lives these, these places of, of desert, of a lack of distraction, where it's, a, it's empty, um, but not, a, not an emptiness like a, a void, but it's, it's empty of distraction so that you're there, um, right? It's not, um, we don't want to get to the nothingness, right? The, I just was reading a novel that I finished last week um, all about the nowhere, right? The, no, the nowhere where it's, there's this, well, I don't know, it's a dark emptiness or, no, no, no. It's, um, Lord, it's just, we're getting rid of some distractions so we could be alone with you, um, that that's the, that's the goal of the desert, to, to take some time and to step away. And that, that's very good as well in, in other capacities, um, you know, that we take some time away. And that, that should be our times of prayer, right? When we, when we actually take some time. And we could talk to our Lord. We should be talking to our Lord throughout the day, making little aspirations, just including our Lord in our daily things. It could be so good. And we ought to, Lord, talk to you all throughout the day. But our times of prayer, they're like that, that time of conversation. And so it's time to kind of step away. And Jesus, I'm giving you this, this time. I'm, I'm giving you my, all of my attention right now. Uh, that I've, I've, cleared a, I've cleared my schedule. There's nothing else. I'm not waiting for my phone to ring. I'm not doing anything else. I'm just, I'm just with you. Um, and, and even in this, maybe... It's good that we don't want to um, we want to turn our prayer into a time of I just want to accomplish something, right? I remember when I became a priest, it was a very difficult thing that all of a sudden times of daily prayer became homily preparation. Let's just prepare a good homily, but that it shouldn't be that, right? In my time of prayer, I want to accomplish something. I want to I want to get to something. I was listening to a podcast earlier today about um, mindfulness and. Um, some good, good practices of mindfulness, um, but it, focusing on it in a way of like, I'm just, I'm just not trying to do something. And that if, you, if we go for a time of mindfulness, you know, trying to practice a little bit of mindfulness, or more perfectly, like a real conversation with you, Lord, it's not about what I accomplish at the end of it. Like, great, I've got, I've got my points, I made my list, I got my notes, I've done something in this time of prayer. Um, more important, Lord, is I've carved out this space. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm with you. That we have our, our times with you, Lord. And I'm not just trying to get something done, um, but I'm just being with you. And, and just in this, in this beautiful relationship. Time to step away. We get so busy in the midst of our daily life. Things get so frenetic. And so we're just doing this and then doing that. And our times of prayer should be to step away and just to... Um, just to be with you, Lord. 
And that that spirit of, of recollection is something, it's more about the interior attitude than it is about the exterior things, right? Could be nice to go every now and again uh, on a retreat to a deserted place, right? Come away to a deserted place and rest a while, the Lord says to the apostles, after they had been so busy, come away to a deserted place. But even they get to the deserted place and there's people there because the people got there before they did. Um, but we want interior recollection so that Jesus, wherever I am, however it looks, I can still take time every day and just be with you. I can, ju- I can just sit with you in love. St. Jose Maria writes in his little book, Furrow, number 460, true prayer, which absorbs the whole individual, benefits not so much from the solitude of the desert as from interior recollection, right? It's, oh man, there's people around me. I can't pray. Um, I'm, I'm so bothered by all these other people. Well, interior recollection. Jesus, you're there. You love them. You love me. It's good to try to quiet ourselves and find a quiet place, but it's the interior recollection which is more important. And if we can't run away to a deserted place, um, well, you're still here. We carve out whatever time we can in whatever way we can. And so we want to carve out that space so that we can listen to you, so we can receive, so your word can, can come upon us. And then when your word does come upon us, um, we read that John went into the region all around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So what is John preaching? This baptism of repentance, metanoite. Um, it's a baptism of turning around. And so Jesus, when we come into these times of prayer, set aside to be with you out of love, and as we, as we enter into this, this recollection, as we hear your word reach out to us, there should be, again, without trying to make it a project that we're accomplishing, but we hear a word of repentance. Turn around. What are the areas of sin in my life that I'm, I'm just so caught up in? Turn around. Metanoite. John preaches a baptism of, of repentance um, for the forgiveness of sins. When we recognize that we've sinned against you, Lord, when our conscience accuses us of something, we, are, um, we hear that there's a chance of forgiveness for that. And then we quote the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. That there should be, there's this preparing. It actually would happen is when a king would go to visit somewhere, his servants would go ahead and they would actually get the road ready, right? It was, there was something about getting the road ready that the king was supposed to have a very pleasant trip. It was supposed to not be um, burdensome and rocky and filled with all kinds of brush or whatever, but that way when the king would go, it would be a, it'd be a smooth, smooth trip. And so John is the, is the preparer, the forerunner of the Lord, preaching this, this repentance. So when the king comes, it's a, it's a smooth trip. And so Jesus, your word reaches out to me as I hear this call to repentance. It's all preparing the way for this intimate union that as we want to be with you, that the rockiness of the way, you know, the, the path into my heart is maybe cluttered. There's a lot there, and it needs to be cleaned out. And so that's what the great, you know, forerunners do. That's, you know, uh, the preaching office of the church. 
is kind of clearing away all of the all of the nonsense so that Lord, you have this direct path, not at all um encumbered not not in any way um, yeah prohibited that you're able to just reach right out to us and you're the king and you're coming and so there's a there's the preparation that goes into that um the crooked ways are made straight right you don't want the king if he's riding on a horse or in a carriage or something you don't want it to go you know no make a new road uh in a new way and so that's what john john is the voice crying out in the wilderness he's crying out to prepare this way of the lord and so we, you know, in this Advent season, as we're preparing to celebrate Christmas, as we're preparing ultimately, as we talked about last week, for your coming again, Lord, in glory, and in the kind of intermediate coming, in the, in the middle coming, as you approach us in word and sacrament, particularly as we prepare to receive you uh, this weekend, as we prepare to worship you in the Holy Mass this weekend, um, we need that voice of John the Baptist preparing our hearts. These times of Friday meditation could be exactly that for us, that it's, it's getting us ready. It's repairing it. And then that should then overflow to everything else in our life, that we're always kind of preparing. Everything we do could just be, be turned to you, Lord, right? Everything it can be, everything we do can just be brought up to you. I was, um, I don't know, maybe... I, I'm a, oh, I'm reading this book and I'm reading that book. Uh, you know, uh, how many, I don't know how many books I said I've been reading this past week, but I'm reading another book on personal prayer too for some spiritual reading that talks about um, how when people are in love, when they see things, they say, oh, I wonder what the person I love would think about that, right? Oh, here's this, this you know, cool meme. I want to share it. Um, here's, um, you know, I, here's a good TV show. I'd love to watch this. Again, with the person that I love, I wonder what they would think about it. We want to share those things. Well, Jesus, that's our relationship with you. That everything we do in the day, I want to tell you about that. I want to tell you what I, what I did today. I want to tell you about the, the things that happened at work or at school. I want to refer it to you. I want to share it with you. Um, all, these, all these little ways that we can turn everything to you. That's preparing the way of the Lord right in the midst of our um, of daily life, that we're, we're clearing away all the distractions so that, Jesus, we can be with you in this more intimate uh, and personal way. John the Baptist is a good guide through, through Advent. I think we're going to stick with him next week as well and get some good practical advice from him. But, um, but on this week, we, we just stick with the, the role of the desert, the word, and the very particular circumstances in which we're called to live the Christian life and to spread the gospel. We should ask our mother, we're in this time of uh, the novena, preparing for her great feast day of the Immaculate Conception. So we should ask our mother to pray for us. She's our, our model for Advent. As she prepared for the coming of her son, um, she teaches us how to, how to prepare. She, she knew how to make the way straight, right? Um, she, she, was, um, she knew how to prepare. And so she teaches us, mother, pray for us and teach us how to prepare to make straight the paths uh, for your son, Christ our King. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. 
I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.